You're Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I have a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, we just really treasure and value your support, especially during these times when we could all use a little bit of connection and some time together. On tonight's podcast, I had originally planned to talk more about the World Juniors, but thanks to a rather large announcement that we'll discuss in just a moment, that's not going to be the case anymore. And then, you know, for the rest of the week, unfortunately, we're not really going to have any World Juniors coverage. In lieu of that, I thought it would be fun to continue our series talking about potential 2022 World Cup of Hockey rosters, should this actually become a thing that happens. I don't know if the World Cup of Hockey would return for 2022. Obviously, it's been a few years since the last one, but with there being no Olympics and a lot of players who are, quite honestly, pretty irritated that the league has once again decided not to go, I could see the NHL trying to make amends and honor their CBA agreement by going with something like a World Cup. Um, And we've covered a couple of teams already. We talked about Canada's roster and what that might look like. And last night we talked about some potential Team USA forwards, which we'll finish out that group with some more choices that I think could be really good options. And then go through the rest of the roster as well. But for uh, the World Juniors, which I think a lot of people were maybe a bit nervous about, as you kind of thought might happen, the tournament actually has just been canceled. Unfortunately, With all of the stuff that's been happening with COVID in the camps and, you know, the IHF's really poor handling of the situation, along with the very mediocre and changing protocols that they formed in conjunction with the Albertan government, things pretty much went uh, poop up as, as soon as it started. And so now the competition has to be canceled. They've only had a couple of, uh, like, asymptomatic cases, I believe, that were testing positive. But the biggest issue is they don't really have a bubble that they're actually using. They're mixing with the general community inside hotels, which obviously is is sort of against the whole concept of a bubble. A number of team officials from some of these squads have been complaining behind the scenes that things were constantly shifting, that they weren't really isolated, and that, you know, there were even situations like a whole wedding being hosted in the same hotel, which... You know, if if that's happening, you can't really avoid mixing with the community, and all these teams are staying together, so it's just a recipe for disaster. I feel like the IIHF really dropped the ball here, which isn't super shocking. It didn't seem like they had a great plan to begin with, and in light of all of the other cancellations, including all of the women's competitions, it just felt like the IIHF really didn't have a great plan, and honestly, you know, it's just been embarrassing. I feel like They should be ashamed of their conduct. I feel like they've mishandled just about every part of this process, and I'm sure that there's going to be some folks who do have to answer for the consequences of this whole tournament. The only thing that, you know, we're really hoping for is that any of the players that did test positive or have contracted it return to full health and don't have any long-term complications. I'm sure it's super disheartening for all of the kids who went to this tournament expecting to represent their country. I know Perfetti was very excited to maybe get one last shot at gold for Canada, 
that obviously is no longer going to happen. And so it's just really tough all around. And I'm, you know, disappointed for all of the players, for all of the staff and folks who really worked hard to put this together. But obviously it wasn't really well thought out to begin with. And, you know, to ensure the safety of everyone involved, it had to get canceled. I, I kind of felt like it was trending in this direction as soon as Team USA had to forfeit a game. Once that became established as the protocol they were going with, it just felt inevitable. I mean, they're going to have to forfeit more games for all of these other teams. We've had a couple since Team USA forfeited. I think um, Russia had one or something, maybe another team. I don't know if it was Switzerland or one of the other squads, but it's just a mess. And I think everyone could tell this tournament really wasn't well planned out or executed or thought out. So really disappointing. I suppose the only positive takeaway is that uh, everyone now knows that Cole Perfetti is amazing if they didn't know already. He's been awesome for this tournament. He's joint tied for the scoring lead with six points. And I think, you know, if anyone really does deserve an NHL call up with the big club, it's got to be Perfetti. I mean, this kid, all he does is seemingly improve and work on every single aspect of his game. He actually had a quote recently that I saw on Twitter from um, somebody who was either doing some analysis or something. And it was talking about how Perfetti was using the experience he gained in the AHL and NHL to kind of inform how he played at the World Juniors level. He's making head checks more frequently. He's looking at different spaces, which is kind of crazy because you think about Perfetti and how he already sees the ice. And if he wasn't really using head checks as frequently to map out space, it's kind of crazy because of how good he is at utilizing space to begin with. As a prospect, I mean, he was already brilliant making passes into good spots, um, opening shooting and passing lanes with his vision and his uh, stick handling, as well as his own passing. And so this more experienced, more veteran player that's arrived at the World Juniors, I really thought was poised for a breakout tournament. Obviously, the the combination of him and Bedard and some of, the, the, some of these other players, you know, they were going to score tons of goals. But I think people were really going to get a sense of what Perfetti could bring at the NHL level. And I, you know, I'm already really excited to see what he can do. I feel like if you were already sleeping on him somehow when he was like a point per game at the AHL level, I don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, he's basically ready to start playing in the NHL now. I think he's that kind of special player. I don't think he has anything left to prove outside of the big league. And so, you know, at this point, it's just waiting for the Jets to make the call and have him come up. I, I don't know if he'll join the, the taxi squad or maybe even get a roster spot. If Lowry is really intent on playing Bolu or somebody else in favor of, uh, you know, either using Svechnikov or Perfetti or some of these other prospects, you know, Cole's just not going to get a shot this year. But I really feel like if there's a season for the Jets to make some chaos and actually utilize some of their talent, this would be it. I mean, Perfetti is ready. He's got all of the tools. He certainly has the work ethic and attitude to join the Jets, and I think he's proven that he is a consummate professional who can keep up with adults. So... You know, let let the man free and kind of do his thing. I think he would be a huge boost at even strength on the power play. He could probably penalty kill. I really feel like his presence and his ability and the way that he thinks about space and his uh, stick handling and certainly passing and shooting all being elite level. These are elements of a complete player that I think could make the Jets a better team. So hopefully Winnipeg makes the call. He gets an opportunity after he returns from the World Juniors and we get to see him sooner rather than later with a big club. But for now, though, that is going to be all of the updates about the World Juniors. Unfortunately, now that it's canceled, we're going to have to talk about some other stuff. But that's why I kind of wanted to turn my attention back towards a potential World Cup of Hockey and some of our, well, 
maybe roster selections for some of these national teams. In just a moment, we'll continue our Team USA roster selection, including some more forwards that might be really good options for this team, and then we'll move on to some of the defenders and the goaltenders for the tournament. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit more about Built Bar and why they're the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are continuing our uh, fictional World Cup of Hockey series for the 2022 potential World Cup of Hockey that obviously hasn't even been announced yet. There aren't even rumors. But given the NHL's lack of Olympic participation and how this went the last time the NHL skipped the Olympics, plus all of the extra frustration from the players who feel like, you know, twice in a row they've now missed representing their country in one of the biggest competitions in the world, you'd have to think that at some point we're going to get a World Cup of Hockey. So I've been kind of brainstorming some rosters I think would be fun to watch. And uh, the other day I went through Team Canada and I've also started going through Team USA. I previously came up with a few uh, American players that I think could be great forwards for this team. I picked about six or so names. I'm going to pick another six forwards I think could round out the rest of the roster. We've gone through guys like Tuchuk, we've had Austin Matthews, and so now it's time to take a look at some of the other players I have yet to mention. One of them that we're definitely bringing along is Jack Eichel. Eichel is still a fantastic player, and even though his career has kind of been a little bit up and down with the Buffalo Sabres... I really have no suspicions about him eventually resuscitating his career with the Vegas Golden Knights. I think once he's healthy post-surgery and recovers and gets back to what really defines his great game, he'll be back to dominating offensively and showing us why he really is one of this league's premier NHL centers. I kind of put him on the same level as like a Dylan Larkin. I think they're both phenomenal players. I think their impact in the two-way game is a little bit underappreciated. And so for that reason, I think Jack is like a perfect fit for this team. He's also an offensive monster anywhere within the scoring areas. I think his passing and vision, along with his good lateral edge work, make him a constant perimeter threat. Eichel's just awesome, and I think he actually gets underrated a lot. I I think he started off, again, like Larkin, a little bit overrated, but now that he's kind of had time to mature into his position and with the teams that he's played, we've really seen a different version of him uh, develop over the last few years. Aside from Eichel, I also want to invite Brock Besser. Besser's got a monster shot, and even though he has had some shoulder injuries and stuff over the past few years, it's really hard to bet against that release. If you want to just sort of dump him on the power play and whatnot, he can be an absolutely lethal finisher. Not unlike Kyle Connor, I don't think his game is quite as flashy, but what he lacks in maybe some of the 
extreme stick handling and one-on-one matchup ability of a Kyle Connor, he more than compensates with a dominant release and uh, honestly just a really strong frame. It's hard to get him off the puck, and when he finally finds space, he's going to pick those corners. Another underappreciated player we're going to be inviting is Connor Garland. Garland has started to really show that he is one of this league's best attacking versatile forwards. Garland has a very strong shot, but he's also just a real pest below the goal line. This guy loves to mix it up anywhere within, you know, the the crease. He likes to attack the slot. He's basically a constant offensive threat no matter where he is, attacking anywhere inside the goalie's crease area and certainly from behind the net. He's very versatile. You can throw him pretty much anywhere forward and he'll really excel. I think he's the perfect kind of player to get into those really tight areas. He kind of has this Marshandy streak, just not quite as dirty, so I think he could be a really good fit for this team, and I think he would honestly shine. I'd also be really interested in seeing Troy Terry perhaps join this USA team, should his current form continue. Terry's been uh, absolutely dominating with the Anaheim Ducks, and I think, you know, Terry's ceiling at one point kind of looked more like a middle six forward, but this year he's been on a different level, and I don't know if it's super sustainable, but, you know, assuming it is, he's going to be one of the top goal scorers for this team, and honestly, I think he really deserves a shot. One of the last forwards we'll be inviting is, uh, you know, a, a guy that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, Jack Hughes from the New Jersey Devils. I really feel like hasn't gotten quite the amount of respect he deserves. He's honestly one of the best forwards in New Jersey, and look, I know that that doesn't sound like a lot, but with the way that he plays, the way that he can attack space, his improving uh, passing vision and play-creating ability, I really feel like Hughes is starting to elevate his game to a level where you almost can't say no to him. The past few years have kind of been a little bit up and down with his performance, but I don't know that it's necessarily his fault. I think he's actually year-over-year continued to improve um, post-draft, and I I just think Hughes really is on a path to be a superstar if and when the Devils can finally give him the support he deserves. We've more or less got the starting lineup, but one of my honorable mentions that could probably slot in over some of these other guys, maybe even take a a prominent top six role, would be Trevor Zegras. I think Zegras has very clearly shown he has immense talent. His ceiling, again, is limitless. He's one of the most creative forwards in Anaheim alongside Troy Terry, so I could definitely see him being an option down the road. Some of the players out there, I think, just don't quite have... Um, as much of a career reputation yet, even if it seems like they're very much on track to be extremely prolific NHLers. So, you know, my roster choices, it's kind of based on some of the players and play styles that I think could really mesh well. Plus, you know, their current levels of performance and career uh, markers and milestones. But, you know, there are some guys that I think could definitely get in on this team over some of the names I've chosen. And in just a little bit, we'll take a look at the defense, which is also crowded and has quite a few options for the American squad. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing moments of this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We are currently looking at uh, potential World Cup of Hockey rosters should the World Cup of Hockey happen in the next year or so. Right now, we're taking a look at Team USA and specifically their back end, which I think has a lot of potential. Uh, You know, the first guy that I'm going to turn my attention to is going to be Charlie McAvoy. He should be, um, for me, the one of the lead pairing D, maybe the first pairing guy. I think he would be 
the U.S.'s most dominant overall defender. He can contribute at even strength on the power play. Whatever situation you want to use him on, he is a dominant, dominant player. He shuts down the defensive and neutral zones with his physicality and intelligent reads, and when he's in possession, he can make all sorts of great plays happen. He's got the vision, the passing, the shooting. He's just a really complete defender, and I feel like when he doesn't get Norris' attention, it's a bit of a shame because he really is one of the truly elite defenders out there. I'd also like to bring on Adam Fox. I don't really know that I have to say a lot about Fox. Um, like McAvoy, he's dominant and he's just such a creative player. Where McAvoy might be the better defender, I honestly think Fox might be the better pure scorer. Fox at times almost plays like a winger or something attacking from the back end, so if you put them together, I think they could be an amazing pairing. They have that, that nice balance of puck carrying ability um, and the defensive presence of McAvoy paired with Fox's shiftiness and great passing and shooting, so I feel like that would be an awesome pairing. Um, I'd also like to be bringing on Quinn Hughes. I think Quinn is obviously one of the most gifted skaters in possession, and he legitimately brings, uh, you know, some crazy perimeter ability once he kind of gets up to speed and then starts dancing around opposing skaters, and then he can kind of drop below the face-off circles, attack the slot. He's just really versatile, and no matter what you want to do with him, he's got the ability to make plays happen that most other defenders could only dream of. After that, I'm kind of thinking about Jakob Slavin. I know that his career over the past year or two has kind of maybe stagnated. I think we've seen the best of Slavin uh, a couple of years prior. Where he is right now is probably a really competent top four defender. I feel like that year where he was basically a, a Norris candidate, it's probably the best we'll ever see of him. What we have right now, though, is still a very good top four defender. I feel like he's maybe having a little bit of a step back in his career right now, but certainly... Uh, you know, if he joins Team USA, I, I could imagine him turning it on and being a really dominant two-way D again. He's got a monster shot. He's got very smart defensive instincts. He knows when to pinch effectively. And in possession, he's very creative. The last two guys we're going to invite, they're a little bit more veteran, and I think they could make an interesting pairing together. I would be down to see John Carlson and Jeff Petrie maybe get a look. You know, Petrie is one of the most effective two-way defenders in the NHL. I feel like despite his age, he doesn't really seem to be slowing down. And his, his acumen and certainly his offensive instincts, he just seems to know that, you know, the right decision to make under pressure when not pressured. Whatever the situation is, Petrie knows which passing routes to use. He knows when he needs to be the breakout leader. I just feel like he's one of those very underappreciated two-way defenders who's also got a pretty darn good shot. He's not like a high, high-scoring defender, but certainly when he's on the ice, he tends to help tilt it, especially when, uh, you know, say Montreal is starting to enter the offensive zone. His calm and composure on the puck makes him such a really good defender, and I think he would be a very interesting partner for John Carlson. Carlson's more of a roaming D with a monster shot. I don't really love Carlson's game entirely. I feel like he does kind of cheat for offense, and, you know, over the years, I think Carlson's reputation has been a bit interesting. He's always been seen as like a top-pairing guy, and some years Carlson's legitimately monstrous, but other times, you know, it might just be more of an empty calorie points, and certainly his value on the power play really can't be... Um, it really can't be overstated. I mean, this guy just bombs it from anywhere when it's 5v4, so... You know, I do think he has some very unique traits that could be useful to Team USA. I don't know if he would be the clear best choice to join this team, but certainly with this group of six guys, I think the USA would be very high scoring. I think they'd have a very mobile back end, and Carlson kind of fits the mold of what 
you know, Team USA would probably be looking for for an all-situations defender. So, yeah, I, I would not mind seeing him. In goal, I think you've basically got two choices, and it's going to be John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck, and so, you know, you just invite them both. I don't know who I would choose for the third spot yet, but as far as those first two options are concerned, they're very easy choices for me. I love both Hellebuck and Gibson's games. I think you would have a lockdown, shutdown pairing in net with those two guys either, you know, taking the starts from one another or even just going with one clear starter and the other guy backing up. I'd probably choose Hellebuck as the lead starter right now. Gibson might be, a you know, just a little bit behind him so far. But realistically, you can't go wrong with either, and they would form the backbone of one of the best uh, back ends in the entire tournament. Even if the U.S. doesn't quite have the sheer offensive chops at forward as Team Canada will, I still think their dominant back end plus the excellent goaltending could be enough to see them through at least a few rounds. Those are my main choices for Team USA. I'd be curious to know who you would like to see on this squad. You probably noticed I didn't turn to some of the most common names just because I feel like the guys that they've chosen in the past, there are a few that I don't really want on this team, either for personal moral reasons or just because I I want a little bit of a change of pace. But I'd love to know your choices, so be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Throughout the next couple of days, I'm sure I'll have more team selections, maybe Team Sweden, Team Finland, some of these squads that maybe I have less familiarity with and probably will have to choose players who aren't exactly in the NHL right now, but are maybe ripping it up for their other respective teams overseas. As always, though, thank you so much for listening, and thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms, so be sure to follow, subscribe, and listen today. Thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!